I went to bed at 8.30 on Friday. That's Which sick. is very early for me. Yeah, that's sick. Um, and I was just like, I don't got much left. I could stay up. I could be like, oh, yeah, it's Friday, baby. I'm like, nope, I do. I do not have it. I don't. There's this just weird societal deal where you feel you feel bad about going to bed early as an adult. But I've gotten over that. And there's there'll be some nights I'll get home from traveling all week. I'll go to bed like 7, 7.15. It's like I'm worn and, out. Yeah. Uh, jokes on everybody for not doing that because I feel freaking great the next yeah. day. <laughs> I feel well-rested, recharged. Uh-huh. I'm healthy. We're good to go. So screw you people that don't sleep well. Um, I, when I stay up, it's usually to like do stuff that I want to do for myself that it's just like hard to find other time for. Which I get. And that's why I wake up early because it's like you do it it's my, my me time yeah. in the morning and I don't. So I'll wake up at about five and I don't schedule anything until nine. So it's a pretty good window of yeah. time for, for me to do things. Um, I don't know if kids or anything. So. Do you eat before you work out? After. After. I always work out fasted. Yeah. yeah. But, and, uh, yeah, I'm just not one of those people that, um, I'm not Jocko and I can't survive on three hours of sleep consistently. Can't do it. Can't do it. Cool. If you can, that's awesome. But people that, people stay up. Most of the time, they're just fucking off. There's not a whole lot of value you're creating past 9 or 10 p.m., typically speaking, on average, mm-hmm. I'd say. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've certainly, if I'm like working on like a music project, I've certainly wasted plenty of uh, 9.30 to 11.30s trying to think, well, I've got like two hours here. I can, you know, work on, you know, this song or I can start something new. It's always just garbage. Like I don't, well, I don't have enough juice for this. But th- that's one thing, but uh, maybe it's just sitting watching Netflix for three hours. Not all that productive. Well, yeah, even you're, doing that. You're probably better off just sleeping. Well, I don't even know that <laughs> at this point, like with kids and just, you know, cause they wake up super early. I don't really have like the energy to stay up and watch something anymore. Yeah. Like it's like yeah, like late night movies, baby. You know, I can stay up and watch ten episodes of a show, binge it all night. I'm falling. I'm falling asleep during like every TV show or movie started after nine o'clock. I can't do it. I, well, I, I'll consistently fall asleep. Like yeah. I, the like the last girl I dated, she'd get so annoyed because put a TV show on five minutes in, gone, done, <laughs> done, done. <laughs> And and then the next day I was like, all right, so tell me what happened on the last episode because I was asleep the whole time. Mm-hmm. And she she got she got to a point where it's like, I'm just gonna watch what I want to watch. I'm not waiting for you. Yeah. So if you want to watch it, stay up. Otherwise, night. Not yeah, uh-huh. not helping out here. And I don't I don't blame her at all. But I like to think that, and I this is how I try to live. I try to just go all out all day, mm-hmm. just full send, especially when we're traveling. Yeah. So by the time it gets to be eight, nine, you're ready for bed, you are just done. I mean, yeah. I sleep very, very well because I try to give every day as much as I got. And then I work out every day, mm-hmm. which I view as like kind of wringing the rag out. And different, different, like this morning I just walked. Yeah. So it's not like I'm full send every day because I messed up my back last night. I'm in a ridiculous Feeling amount of pain. It. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I feel like it's good to wring the rag out and then you get to that point and you're just toast. Yeah. Or maybe I'm just a loser. 
Do you fall asleep pretty easily? Like if when when you mm-hmm. like start your like bedtime routine and yeah. all that. I don't have a problem sleeping. Nice. Which I'm so thankful for. So thankful. Because I know some people just can't sleep. Yeah. That would suck. I, I definitely had like um I won't say like a about with shoot, what's it called when you can't sleep? Like sleep apnea or no 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 no. Um, um I know what you're I know what you're talking about. I can't I don't that feels stupid for not yeah, thinking that yeah. way. Um, it's not, um, I want to say, like necromancy? I want to say n- nostalgia, but that's, that's <laughs> not, not. Man, I feel like an idiot. It's too early for us. Um, but once like I had kids, like I just, you know, takes more out of you during the day mm-hmm. and then they wake up earlier than you want to. And so, um, but now <laughs> I feel like when, well, me, when me and my wife used to watch like, you know, stuff, we'd watch something in the bed for going to, you know, going to bed or whatever. And she falls asleep like ten minutes into the show. I like get up, and turn it off. She's like, "No, no, no, leave it, leave it on, leave it." On. I'm like, "What are you mm. doing? Like, this isn't fun for me." And now, um, like twice a week, she gets out of bed, comes to the other side, lifts my iPad off my face, which is like, <laughs> like this. She's nice. like, "Just put it down." I'm like, "Sorry, I can't help it." Um, so I try to like really like get some good reading in at night. Sometimes it's like you know stupid, like no, oh, this is stupid, like fiction like fantasy or mm-hmm. thrillers or whatever um readings reading it's true yeah but i like kind of go back and forth like i'm, I'm on um extreme ownership right now but oh, that's uh, <laughs> i'm struggling to stay awake on that one too it has nothing to do going. with the book yeah it's just like these three pages were great <sighs> uh-huh. that's all i got yeah I'm just working on it I um what what i have i've never understood is the people that sleep with the tv on i don't know how they do that when I was in college and like maybe right, right out of college, it was like, yeah, I turn the office on and I fall asleep to that every night. And it's like, that can't be good for me. Mm-mm. And then the minute I had like a girlfriend who was like, this is stupid. Please do not do this to me. It's like, okay, you got it. And then never did it again. Well, and and this is why I'm a terrible sleep is, is there are some common standards there. Temperature, how dark the room is. Yeah, consistent time. Like there's there's a few good practices there called quote unquote sleep sleep hygiene, but it is very personalized, and I can get away with a hell of a lot more right now because I don't have small children, uh-huh. I don't have any animals, and I don't have a significant other sharing the bed, so I can just do whatever the hell I please, and I'm trying to take advantage of it. Are you pretty particular? Like when you're traveling, it's like oh well, I gotta have the the fan on or I got to have my pillows a certain way. So George just like, there's a bed. I'm going to lay in it. Good night. I've gotten a lot less particular because say, you sleep you, in a lot of different beds. Yeah. You just have, you just have to. And, and I always tell people that like, yeah, I, I've, I've slept in a lot of beds this, this month. And they're like, no, 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 no. It's not like that. No, no, this, this is, this is, <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was like that. This, but is, no, no, this no. is a lame reason. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not like that. Yeah. Yeah. I've just had to adapt to sleep to uh-huh. where, wherever the hell I am. I've always been impressed. Well, not impressed. I'll say I've always been fascinated by the people who travel with like a lot of like sleep gadgets and like just all the stuff that they like need to go. That. Like they'll show up with like you know multiple pillows, a box fan, yeah. you know, just like all the stuff it takes to like sleep somewhere. Well, um, uh, shoot, there, it was on the LinkedIn one time, it was this lady talking about she brings this just like two massive suitcases everywhere she goes uh-huh. to have 
her freaking pillows and her robes and all <laughs> everything you can imagine, everything at her house as she travels with. Yeah. And that's cool if I'm going to San Francisco and staying at the same hotel every every week. Okay, cool. Do whatever you want to do. But yeah. the way we travel, you we don't like to check bags because we get bumped on so many flights. And if you check a bag, you're freaking screwed. And you could be somewhere that doesn't have a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like to carry, you know, everything we have with us is at least my personal preference. Yeah. And I don't, I don't check bags. Yeah, so so that is a limitation. And then sometimes we'll sleep in five different Airbnbs in five nights. Like mm-hmm. that's actually quite common. Yeah. If we if we're at the same place for two nights in a row, that is is super nice. You get back to that you, you or you wake up in the morning, you're like, Oh, so cool. I don't have to pack everything I own this morning like I do every other morning. This is really fancy. You can just like get up, grab your little backpack and roll. Yeah. But the like traveling traveling is one thing. And then everybody everybody travels occasionally. So they they think traveling for work is the same as traveling for fun. Not even close to comparable. Not like not even remotely in the same ballpark in my opinion. And then Okay, traveling for business is one thing. I'm a businessman going from San Francisco to New York every week. Cool. That's one thing. But doing what we do from Billings, Montana to Kansas City to Boston to North Dakota to Key West to Orlando, there's just no rhyme or reason to what we do. Yeah. The the complexities and the just nothing is uniform whatsoever. It's it's a different animal. Um I, I thought it was fascinating. Uh you know, so for our, for our listeners who, who don't know, we had our uh, big team meeting in, in Nashville this past week, and um, we we were we're in a hotel. That's where kind of our meetings were in you know, one of like the ballrooms or whatever at the Hutton Hotel. And there was majority of people's luggage were in there for the second half of the the morning morning meeting session, and it was fascinating. You can kind of see the difference between the people who do like the dirt world traveling for us and people who just like travel a couple times for work. Oh yeah. Because there's a lot of like the rolling luggage and stuff that like you check. And yet most of like the, the, the crew who's like, you know, out doing the content and stuff like that. And, and you and Matt, and I've kind of adopted this too, just because I don't really know what else to do. Um, everybody's got like their, they're duffel with the backpack straps in their backpack and they just kind of like load up and roll out. You know, they may have got like a rolling case with camera mm-hmm. equipment now, but it's just like the to do the way that, you know, our, our the chunk of our company travels, like you just, you can't be traveling heavy. You know, it's got to be like, what are the things you need and you'll figure it out from there. Like, yeah. you know, that's it's like the the one pair of jeans and one pair of boots and that's the the bottom half of your body for four days. It's well, yeah. Just yeah, same pair of pants all week. Yeah, just it's just like that's one less thing to deal with. Mm-hmm. What's the worst thing I have? I'm have dirt on my pants. Guess what? Every single person can have dirt on their pants where yeah. I'm going. Yeah, just one pair of pants and then boots and running shoes. That's yep. it. Just keep it simple. And the problem is, I'm <laughs> I have more dinners these days yeah. than I used to. <laughs> sure. So I'll be going to this fancy ass steakhouse in muddy boots, which isn't ideal. No. Um, but it's still not to the point where I'm going to take a second pair of shoes. I'm just going to deal with it. Well, it's it's kind I of am a, who I am. it's kind of a branding thing too. At this point, you know, it's like, well, Aaron's like the dirt guy. Well, so. and 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 it's not even like I work hard or anything like that. I'm not trying to be this obnoxious guy that wears muddy boots everywhere, like freaking Eric Jumper. I was just getting the place filthy last week. He's with doing his it on boots. purpose. Fucking guy. 
Um, I'm, it's just like, that's how it is. Like, yeah, we were just running around this morning and I didn't even think they're, they're just kind of muddy. Sorry. Yeah. I tried to stomp them in the grass outside, but this is the best I could do. Well, you know, as like our company grows, you're going to have to go to more dinners. I think that's just like the, maybe comes with the territory. Uh, I don't know if it does or not. I don't, I really <laughs> maybe you don't can, enjoy it. Maybe you can transition all those to like, you know, big lunches. That's what I, I've honestly thought roll. about it. A lunch or, because I get to, when I'm traveling, I get to the end of the day. I am shot, man. So I can be in the best company and all the people I meet with typically, I freaking love them. So it's not that I don't enjoy the people I go with or anything like that, or the places, the places are spectacular, food's great. It's just like, hey, I've been to four states this week and I got up at, you know, three o'clock this morning and I'm just wiped out and I don't have a lot of capacity right now to conversate at this time of day. So, and to have to fight through that. And then business dinners are typically a lot longer. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you'll be at dinner for three freaking hours. And now I've just started to leave early. It's like, hey. It's like, see you guys, thanks. I, yeah, you guys have fun. You guys drink as much as you like. Like, I really appreciate you having me, but I'm going to bed. I I, I can't I can't be here all night. Mm -hmm. It's I'm just thinking, like a different life I'm living. So yeah. I'm trying to trying to be 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 thoughtful and grateful while also not trying to kill myself at the same time. Well, it is it is very important to uh set boundaries and be be realistic about those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say probably not a lot of people in the dirt world talk about boundaries in that way. No. But uh, just like in any other part of life, it's important to set boundaries. And if those boundaries are, this dinner is going too long. I got shit to do tomorrow. I can't do this anymore. I'm enjoying this. Y'all have a great time. Good night. Yeah. Like That's totally fair. My, my MO, even team meeting, it's like, I'll come to dinner. I'll have a nice time. When I want to leave, I'm going to leave. I'm just going to leave. I'm, yeah. yeah I, I, that's how I operate. It is what it is. Sue me. Are you a uh, uh, big um, believer in the Irish goodbye? A huge fan. Huge. I, dude, saying goodbye to people is such a freaking process. <laughs> it's such a, say you're you're with 20 people. So you're going to go say goodbye to 20 people. So you're going to be there an extra hour saying goodbye to everybody. And then you have to explain why you're leaving. And it's so much easier to just leave. Just leave. Yep. And then what's the worst thing that happens? Somebody like, oh, I didn't see you. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I was kind of ready to go. Yeah, nothing bad ever happened. And, and I always tell people, I'll, I can drive you there. I'm not responsible for how you get home. Like, full disclosure, I have no responsibility for you later in the night. So, and I've, I've done that since high school. It's like, I will get you somewhere. No promises I'm getting you home. If I get you <laughs> home, cool. If not, you're on your own. Like, you want to be. You need to have a backup plan. Yeah, you want to be messing around. Okay, there's costs associated with that. Figure out how you're going to get back. And I, I just don't feel bad about it. And maybe I'm an asshole. Okay, mm -hmm. sure. Great. Fine. I'll accept it. That's how I work. Well, you know, you, you chauffeured a couple of people in the, in the back of the BuildWit truck downtown uh, last week. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then you were like, goodbye. <laughs> yeah. I, when I said, like, I told Lori, I'll have a drink. Lori, I'm going to have one drink and I'm going home. And then see, I said goodbye to, I made the mistake of saying goodbye to Lori. And she's like, let's go get what? shots. I'm like, no, <laughs> like, no, uh, no, 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 actually thanks. we're, we're not doing that, yeah. but thank you. I, I super cool, but, but no. Or when people, people buy me alcohol, I don't want, I'll just throw it away. It's like, I told you I didn't want this. I told you, like, I wasn't joking. Why'd you buy it for me? Why'd you waste your money? I, I don't want it. And I, I don't feel bad about that. <laughs> just part of life, man, you know? You, you know? you get to a certain point where it's like, 
you know, you might have felt guilt or pressure to like drink it earlier in life. And but you're like, I don't need this and I don't want it. So Well, I didn't drink most of the way through college. So I got so good at it's like, no, I don't drink. So yeah, no thanks. There's no conversation to be had here. And you do that so many times over and the peer pressure thing just goes away. Yeah, you don't think about it anymore. No, I don't I don't think about it at all. Um well, speaking of uh, like going out downtown Nashville last week, we um, had our whole crew in Nashville for the team meeting. It was pretty wild. Well, wild. I would say in a in a business sense, wild. Yeah. Um, you you already introed that, by the way. Just that we had it. We didn't talk about it. Yeah. Okay. Team meeting. Yeah. I was going to yeah. talk about the team meeting for a second. Super good time. Listen to this guy. He's trying to run this podcast. Sorry. Sorry. Um, you want to be the host or the guest or the boat? You know, it's up to you, really. I don't know what I am anymore. <laughs> um, you know, so like I said, we had the, the team meeting in Nashville, which is, was pretty sick. Um, and, you know, th- there was a, a lot of new info for the, for the crew. Yeah. Um, a lot of like getting on the same page in a really positive and exciting way. Um, you know, it was, it was good to see there's just a lot of work that's been going on behind the scenes um, that has not really... Um, been kind of plugged in and connected to each other, um, at least in in the face of the the entire company. And so it, it was pretty exciting to have everybody in, in town um, working together. I don't know, it was a good time, man. Sure. Yeah, and we've, we've been working on something for the past few months, and it's taken, taken a lot out of me. It's been a lot of work yeah. to make it happen. Um, finally came together last week, and the last week was the first time we actually rolled everything out to the team. It was like, hey, so here's where we're going. And this is quite different than what you signed up for originally. Yeah. So that's fine if you don't want to come with us, but this is where we're going. Where we're going. And if you want to come with us, it's going to be sick. Um, at least I think it will be. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm fired up about it. And it's a pretty remarkable opportunity for everybody involved, including, I think, the dirt world. I think we'll be able to create such a, a bigger impact with the new direction we're headed in. We're keeping our marketing, creative services style business for our partners, but we're also adding quite, quite substantially yeah. to that existing business. Um, we, we've made some moves that will allow us to do that very quickly. I think we're going to, the next two months, hire another 20 people, which is a 50% increase in our wow. size of our team right now. Ooh. And, you know, and where we're going to go in five years, I mean, like yeah, a little 40, 40 man team is nothing compared to that. No, I've always told people I want to go big and, um, I think most people have, yeah, sure. Like that sounds cool, but we're, we're really going to go do it. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty fired up about it. Well, yeah, it's like, I think it's one thing to say, like, I, re- I really want to take this thing far. I really want to go big and they're like, okay, okay. And you're like, well, now we're like, oh no, we bought the car. Like we're ready to go. Yeah. Like we are sitting at the starting line. Like things are in motion. Well, it, it all started with our, our mission. How do we make the dirt world a better place? And so we're working with 20-something phenomenal contractors mm-hmm. around the United States, all really, really remarkable individuals. And if you listen to the podcast, you've heard from a lot of these people. Yeah. Like, you know, I think the most recent, Dan MacArthur from, from Berg. Mm-hmm. Berg's, a, Berg's a, a great example of a great partner. Um, but we're, so we're, we're making those companies better, but uh, we, we wanted to create a much broader impact on, on the industry. And really make the dirt world a better place. It's not this bullshit phrase on the wall. It's it it actually means something, and it's what we intend to do. So we created Build It Leaders, and then Build It Leaders, based on the feedback of leaders, 
prompted us to go in this this new direction that we think is really going to impact the entirety of the dirt world. Yeah. And if we can do that, that's pretty damn exciting. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be pretty cool to watch that happen. So so that's where we're headed. And we just talked to our whole team about it last week. Yeah, I mean, it was exciting. You know, I was, I was certainly somebody that uh, was not fully in the loop. Um, not that I should have been, but it was what my responsibility was someone needed to know or work on. And so it, it was exciting to see, like, here's where we're going. Like, let's buckle up. Like, I'm excited to see the role that, uh, you know, Dirt Tug plays in that. That's, like, super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but if nothing else, hopefully that just means we we continue to get uh, more and more interesting people to talk Dirt on the Dirt Talk podcast. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. I mean, our plan is to keep growing this thing the best we can going into next year. So, um, yeah, I, I think we're going to do a year in review podcast. So we can get into that then. But yeah, Christmas special. Christmas special. <laughs> Dirt Talk Christmas special. Yeah. But it will be like just, you know, what in the world has happened this past year? Because it's been can a while. create like a little bells sound effect? Like, ding, 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 ding. Yeah, yeah that would be good. Yeah, maybe under the whole thing, it'll just be like Charlie Brown Christmas piano. <laughs> yeah. Wow, this really sounds like really cozy and warm in there. She would get a um, Amish-built fireless fireplace for, <laughs> for the studio. We don't need it in here. It's plenty warm. <laughs> it gets pretty warm in here. I actually need to talk to them about that. Uh, one thing that was really cool from the team meeting that I thought was worth sharing with uh, the listeners and just anybody who kind of follows BuildWit and finds BuildWit interesting, we we spent about like 90 minutes um, – doing a live version of uh, a call that we do every Friday at BuildWit. Mm-hmm. Um, so typically on, on Fridays at 1 p.m. Central, we, we do this call, which is whoever can make it. Um, I, I lead it, but it's mostly I kind of kick it off and keep it rolling. And it's everybody says a, a work win for the week, um, a like personal win for the week, and then just kind of a, a bonus question that I come up with. And so we did a live version of that. Um, that was like pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. It was just like, I think it could be easy at a where we are as a company. Um, you know, everybody's like has a lot of stuff to do all the time, is constantly trying to, you know, make the next thing happen. You know, we, we I feel like for the most part, everybody feels pretty supported. You know, they can kind of go to who they need to. But it was awesome for everybody to stand up in front of the company and be like, here was like my big win for the, the year. Yeah. It's just like, shit, that's like a lot of huge stuff happening that we're all like, you know, playing parts in that I, I think um seeing all that, it's like, okay, that's that's how we're working to make the dirt world a better place. Not that's how we're making build with a better company, which maybe is like a a result of like that that mission, that like purpose, but man, it's like you know, we're all like trying to do trying to do good in the world. And it was cool to see it kind of all laid up right in a row. It's exciting. Yeah, we've we've got really good good people. Yeah. And I, I explained this. I mean, and even we got into it during like the financial presentation during the team meeting. About 75% of our spending is in payroll um total. And 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 that's starting to become a, a monster, uh, a monster monthly figure. Yeah. It'll soon exceed seven figures. And um that's that's a big deal to me. We're 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 investing a lot into human capital. And it's not exciting to a lot of traditional businesses because it doesn't show up on a balance sheet. Balance sheet, uh, bank doesn't care about it. But that's everything to our business. Yeah, everything. And contractors are in a little bit different of a position. They have uh, payroll, sure, but they also have equipment. They also have materials, which is probably a majority of their spending, if they're the traditional yeah 
construction company. Um, but even then, I feel like they just ignored the whole human capital side of it. And so to see our human capital investment in one place is, is for me, super exciting and humbling because we got, we've invested in the right, right spots. Agreed. Let's do it. Check. Uh, anyway, we got some dirt talk questions. Super. Dig into it. That's what I like to hear. This one's from Joel. After a meeting with my child's high school guidance counselor, I was renewed in my dislike of their attitude and general lack of knowledge about life. Any thoughts on how we might educate people in their line of work that not everyone in the world fits into the college mold and that those who don't aren't destined to be failures? I mean, that's what we're trying to do with social media. And actually, TikTok's done really well for us lately. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. We're getting, it's like 10 to 20 million views a, a freaking week on there. And that's primarily catered to younger kids. That's how I see it is you, you can't, you can't blame the guidance counselors. They're just part of the system. <laughs> and, and they, and, and, and not to be rude, but the guidance, I mean, at least the guidance counselors I had weren't the most helpful folks and not even the most helpful, but they were telling me, I like, there's no way this is going to happen. And I did those things anyway. It's just, uh, they're in an odd, they're in an odd position, but without getting personal in their profession, I, I know there, there's probably plenty of phenomenal guidance counselors out there. They're still working for a broken system. S the school system nowadays is built to print kids for college. That's it. That's, that is all middle school, high school is designed to do nowadays. It's 2021 going into 2022. The whole system is designed to feed kids into college. So the whole system is designed to feed kids into college. If they're oftentimes funded on how many kids they send to college, okay, yeah, they're going to talk about college. Of course, that's just how the system's designed. It's not their fault. So us as an industry, instead of us sitting around and, oh, oh, shoot, the guidance counselors are out to get us and, oh, these colleges are out to get us and this and that. It's like, why don't we sneak around the back door and show them the reality of this whole industry that they don't even know exists? That's our responsibility. And how do we do that? How do I access every single high school classroom in the United States? Social media is a pretty effective way to do that. Pretty effective way. Mm -hmm. I just heard the other day, there was a guy uh, said that he got a call from a guidance counselor, one of the, <laughs> one of the ones that cares, a uh, guidance counselor, because there was a kid that came to him that saw BuildWit on social media, followed us for a while and said, I want to do that as a career. So he connected that student to Pape. Have I talked about this on the podcast before? Uh, some of this sounds familiar. Maybe not. Okay. Maybe I have, maybe I haven't. But he connected the kid to Pape. He now works as a technician at Pape, a big deer dealer in the Northwest. Wow. Uh, we did that through social media. We bypassed, you know, the traditional system and showed them another option. And they said, hey, I want to do that. So we need to show these kids, hey, there's another option out there. That's our, that's our responsibility. Using the internet, most effective way to do that by far. Or if you're a contractor... Go in and freaking talk to kids. Go, I, I, don't, I don't know. Be creative. Like, it's your problem to figure out. So go figure it out. And it, you might not need to reach tens of millions of people like we do. Maybe it's just one classroom that you can intimately impact. And maybe it's just one kid in that one classroom that you can get to think, hey, maybe this is for me. You give them an experience on a track coat. They don't forget. 
they're going to be thinking about that their whole their whole time through through school. And then also talk to kids in college too cuz it's like 25% of of kids that get degrees actually go into the that even remotely close to a field they just studied for. Not even the field, like remotely within the ballpark. Yeah. So a quarter. So you have 75% of kids coming out of college not doing anything that that is re, that is remotely um related to their related to their degree. That's a huge opportunity for our industry too. Yeah. Why don't we talk to those kids as well? It's kind of crazy to expect people to choose their career at 18 years old. I wasn't even thinking about my career at you know 20, 21, 22 a lot of times. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just a means of of bypassing that and then we need to create as an industry ways into the industry. You know, if you're a contractor, you need to be thinking, okay, cool. I get a kid excited about this. How do I actually get that kid in the door? Okay, attract. That's that's one part of the picture. But we talk about actual, uh, now you need to hire that individual. Are there pathways? Does your website say, hey, if you're a high school kid looking to work for the summer in the construction industry, we're happy to have you. If it doesn't, I don't know, maybe put that on there. You might get some pretty good applications. You might yeah. get some pretty hungry kids that are willing to work. Sure, they don't have experience, but you can put them put them in the hole with the shovel. They'll work their asses off. And if they don't, they don't. Okay. Not a whole lot of risk there. So it's the attract part. We need to do better as an industry going around these traditional means. And sure, I, you know, maybe we could go educate guidance counselors on, hey, maybe you can push people into the trades too. But I just look at it like they're not incentivized to do so. So why am I going to go hit my head against the wall and try to convince them of something that they're not incentivized to do? Reach those kids, attract, and then how do I actually recruit those individuals, create pathways in the industry for Mm -hmm. young people with no experience? Because you go to most contractors' websites, good luck, dude. Good luck. Oh, we need blade hands with five years experience. What the fuck? Like, really? Come on. It's like I bet I bet most companies need blade hands with five years experience. Every everybody and their mother does. Yeah. Those people don't exist anymore. You, you gotta gotta train them up from somewhere. Um, you know, we we've gotten a lot of emails over the year um asking questions like, why don't you guys go do, you know, like career days at like high schools or whatever? And kind of the more that we've grown, the more that like that makes less and less sense because that becomes a really, really small like impact. Yeah. It's not you know? scalable. It's not scalable. You know, we're not we can't make a, a team in every city in America that goes to a career day and you know talks about the dirt world um from like a really broad point. You know, that that's it's certainly to me, it's always kind of made more sense to approach that like how can we support, you know, our partners or or other companies that we work with in the future. Who, if if they're like, we don't know how to reach the young people in the our community, to me it makes sense for us to like support like those efforts with those companies versus mm-hmm. like us do it ourselves because like we're doing all kinds of things that support that on a much broader scale. Like you're saying with with Instagram now with TikTok, which is like so hilariously kind of popping off in a way we didn't expect. Sure, it was you know you you kind of I wouldn't say necessarily push back, but you're just like yeah, I don't really see the the point. Um, and then Matt Briscoe's like, yeah, I'll just start it and we'll put some stuff on there and see. And it like, of course, it's like exploded and it's like roaring down the road. And it's like, wow, there's going to be so many more opportunities through stuff like that. Like that's how we're like we we can, can impact, um, you know, like the the folks who maybe 
are like, yeah, I can't wait to go to a quote unquote nice school or a good school that I can then get an, an education towards something that I might might not ever get a job in. It's like, you know, we, we just want to like, uh, like you're saying, attract people. And then once we just like have people with eyes on the industry, then, you know, we can recruit them. Yeah, and, but like and, we can't just say automatically we need we need those people and why don't they come work for us? It's like we there's a lot of steps before that and like we're we're building that recipe. We're doing we're doing our part, but it's up to contractors to go to classrooms. Yeah. And it's up to contractors to create those entry level pathways into their organizations. The, 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 there's this like clickbaity type, just low hanging fruit. I, I almost it's 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 probably typically good intentioned, but to me it's almost pandering. These people on on LinkedIn, like, we need more kids going to trade schools, this and that. And I'm like, that sounds like, freaking awesome. Sure. <laughs> but show me where the trade schools are. If I'm a kid, where do I go? And sure, there are some trade schools, but 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 if you look at trade schools versus the demand for people in the trades, it's not even close. There, there's no way the current trade school capacity can keep up with current demand. Yeah. And okay, so how do we fix that? You need to create pathways within contractors that get kids into construction companies so they can learn on the job, they get money, they learn on the job, they get experience, and they figure out, hey, is this for me or is this not for me? That's a pretty good way to do it. Does our company have that right now? No, no. honestly, we don't, but we're working on it. So by this summer, we'll have an internship program where we want to hire five to 10 kids and college is not a requirement. Mm-mm. College is not a requirement. And then also, we just talked to talked to our hiring team last week. So we're going to go hire 20, 30 people in the next 60, 90 days. Yeah. Not one of those positions is going to require a college degree unless it's legally required. Mm-hmm. Like we have a CPA that works for us. You legally have to have a college degree to be a CPA. Otherwise, we're not requiring a college degree anymore because I don't see any value in it as an employer. That tells me nothing about that individual as an employer. And you've seen so much... Uh, value like from our current team that doesn't necessarily like plug into their college experience. I, I couldn't tell you who has a college degree yeah, or who doesn't. Exactly. Because it 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 is not relevant to me whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So um yeah we we talked about what colleges do we want to recruit for internships. It's like well why do we have to recruit recruit for colleges? Maybe it's yeah, just someone that all. wants to change their career or maybe it's someone that, hey I'm 18, I I don't want to go to college. I want to try something out for the summer, see if it's for me. Cool. Come on down. We need every contractor to be doing that or else it's not going to change. It's not going to change. We need more sergeant academies. Yeah. Like go look up sergeant academy. They built a whole academy that pulls kids out of high school, trains them to be contractors, to learn how to check grade, to learn how to lay pipe, to learn how to do things out in the field in real world field applications. And then that becomes a feeder into sergeant corporation and feeder into their workforce. That is, that need, that's standard now. Well, and they've invested a lot in that. You know, I can't remember yes. who who did they move over to run it. Like one of their like highest mm-hmm. like sales guys or something, right? Oh, or one of their VP VPs of sales? is is involved in training. Kevin Gordon. Yeah, that's right. Right. He heads Kevin. up their training now. Mm-hmm. Um, that was someone that was already like hugely valuable to like the main business, and they're like, we want to invest in this like training academy to train people up to bring them into the dirt world and you know hopefully into the sergeant workforce but like it's just like bringing people into that world and you know they were serious about how they wanted to do it and that's it, that's all that's what it takes it's not like they're making crazy margins that no one else is so it's like man must be nice 
to be sergeant to go spend all that money. You can do it as a small contractor too. Hire a kid to go work with a shovel in his hand for 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 the summer. Like you should be doing that as any size company. And full disclosure, we haven't been doing that as well as we should have. We've we've had kids like Matt Briscoe or Nathan or Ellie, we've we've had younger people come into the business and it's been informally like that with no prior experience. Yeah. Um, we've just hired them because they're good people. But now we're trying to create a legitimate entry point into our business. And we're not a contractor, but same principle. Mm-hmm. Entry point in our business where, hey, I don't have experience, but I want to learn about BuildWit. I want to learn about what you guys do. I want to be a part of this. How do I join on? Yep. Yeah, that's how it needs to be. I'm just tired of, we need more kids to go to trade school. Yeah, soon. Dude, I'm super on board with, yeah, sure, send poor people to trade school. But I'm just looking at the data. I'm looking at the numbers. It doesn't add up. You can you can max out every single trade school in the United States. Not even a chance in hell you're going to meet current demand no. or let alone future demand. No way. I saw a stat in something. Oh, shit, I wish I could cite it right now. But it was basically like the uh, civil, like heavy construction, the dirt world, in order to truly like meet the demand we need like a million more people. Mm-hmm. Like that's a very large number of, of people. It's only going in one direction. Yeah. yeah. It's not going to be less. No. And technology is not going to cover a majority of that mm-hmm. gap. No. We're not going to be able to automate our way out of it. It's like you look at truck drivers. You could argue that that could go autonomous. Or airlines. It's like airlines, pilots, huge problem with pilots right now. Yeah. Get on a plane, look at the age of your pilots guarantee most of them are, most of them have gray hair and they look like they're not like a young, old, like they're in their freaking 60s. Yeah. And you just look at that. You're like, they have a problem here. Oh, I don't know how the hell they're going to figure this out. You could potentially automate commercial airline travel. Sure. Uh, you know, you have to get over the whole, oh, robots are flying us around thing. And that could be problematic from a PR perspective, but technologically that can happen pretty quick. Repairing a water main break in the middle of a road. Oh, so you're gonna have a team of robots that show up? No, it's not going away. Not going away. Well, you know, because so much of that is like creative problem solving that, uh, you know, data and program is never going to solve. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just the the nature of you know our world. You know, our our industry is the oldest industry in the world. Awesome. You know, people always been Farming. building shit. Yeah. You've also been making stuff, you know. It's, mm-hmm. it's how it is. Yeah, and prostitution. Yeah, I almost, I almost brought that up. That is the that's the that's the oldest career. That's a yeah. That is, it's been <laughs> around for a while. That's funny. <laughs> uh, anyway, Aaron, uh, I think we about did it, man. Um, go lay yourself down, relax your beat yeah, up back. I'm gonna go die the rest of the day. Yeah. yeah, and that you know, I wish my thoughts were a little bit more cohesive on that subject, and it's they're not because. I, I wish I had this this magic bullet that solved everybody's problem. We're working on it. We're trying to work on some pretty cool, scalable solutions that can inspire the next generation on a much bigger scale than ever before. Mm-hmm. We're working on it. But ultimately, it still comes down to every contractor in the United States doing their part. And if you're a contractor not doing your part, don't expect to be around a whole lot longer. I don't care how much equipment you have. I don't care how much you have in your checking account. I don't care how much, you know, how old your contractor's license is. None of that's going to matter if you can't find workforce. Yep. And that workforce is not a magically appearing anymore. You're just now starting to see it. 
We haven't even started to really see the big problems though. It's not going away anytime soon, man. Not going away. And even uh, like we've talked about this, even, okay, big ass recession comes around, just levels the market. What do contractors do? They're not always managed that well. What's the easiest expense to cut? Payroll. They go lay people off. Most of those people, a lot of them leave the industry forever. Okay, so you've temporarily reduced that demand, but now when the market comes back and it's going to come back and infrastructure is not going away anytime soon, okay, now you have even a bigger problem than before. Or it's like, look at the airlines. They forced a lot of people in retirement when they had to cut all of these, all of these yeah. routes and everything during COVID. Now they're getting screwed because of it. And they're begging these people to come out of retirement and come back to work because it's like, shit, we actually needed you guys. And now demand is past what it was. We just screwed ourselves. That's what's going to happen. There's going to be this huge type of correction. Who knows what it'll look like, when it'll happen, whatever it is. Construction companies, most of them managed very poorly, lay people off very quickly. Those people are going to go away. Yep. Market's going to ramp back up. Then what are you going to do? Tide's going to go out. You're going to figure out who's wearing swim trunks, who's not. There's a lot of people not wearing swim trunks right now. Yeah. They're fat, dumb, and happy. I won't say that way. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So that's the Dirt Talk episode. Dirt Talk. There we more, go. I got more fired up for how completely exhausted I am right now. I was impressed. I just it means we're talking about good stuff. I am passionate about the subjects we discuss. You should start a podcast about it. That's a great idea. <laughs> Um, well, thanks for listening, everybody. If you have any questions, comments, any kind of listener mail, whatever you got for us, send it on over to dirttalkbuilder.com. Podcast has been growing like crazy lately. Yep. So thanks, everybody. If you've been sharing it, we wholeheartedly appreciate it. It's huge help for us. And uh, with that, we'll see you on the next episode of uh, Dirt Talk. Stay dirty. Stay dirty.